Welcome to the podcast of the ISSM, the International Society for Sexual Medicine. This is your audio update on global topics of sexual medicine, discussed with the best experts that the field of human sexual health has to offer. This podcast is hosted by Shelly Varad, a certified sex therapist from Israel and a media sexologist. We hope you enjoy this episode of the ISSM podcast. focus on hypersexuality and paraphilic disorders and we are going to talk about what is the difference between them. Our guest today is Tillman Kruger, psychiatrist and sexual medicine specialist. So I want to thank you first for being with us today to talk about this very interesting and fascinating topic. Hello. My first question to you is what is hypersexuality? Hypersexuality is characterized by very intense thoughts, fantasies and urges and sexual behaviors and um, so this may be very predominant in a person's life and it may be that the person can't control these sexual fantasies anymore or these uh, sexual behaviors. So it sounds, it, it can sound a little bit like a um, behavior addiction but uh, you have to clear, you have to take the psychosexual history to clear the situation and, and to see whether the symptoms are and the criteria are fully uh, present. You mentioned the criteria, so how would you actually diagnose hypersexuality? We can use the ICD-11 criteria, which has just released a few years ago, and they are characterized by these sexual urges and fantasies and behaviors and loss of control. And this should last six months in total. And after this period of time, you are, after you have taken the psychosexual history, you can make this diagnosis. You can, of course, also add psychometric instruments, like the hypersexual behavior inventory, for example. This can indicate how the severity of the disease or the symptoms. How common is it uh, among men or women? It depends on what you measure. If you just measure hypersexuality in a, in a very broad term, it may be up to 10% in men, maybe 6-7% in women. If you do it in a more careful way or if you're interested in a um, uh, hypersexual disorder or the new term is a compulsive sexual behavior disorder, CSPD, it's a bit less, it's about 5% in men and maybe two or three percent in women. You know, sometimes uh, they call it, uh, in the US when I study, they call it love addiction for women, sex addiction for men. There are, indeed, there are many terms, uh, from, from satyriasis, nymphomania, Don Juanism, uh, sex addiction, but uh, CSB for compulsive sexual behavior or CSPD for compulsive sexual behavior disorder are the m- actually right now the most common terms, terms that, are, that are used, but our patients, they often use their own terms. Uh, I'm going to ask you a little bit about paraphilias. I think many of us heard the terms, but we don't actually understand what are they and uh, what is paraphilic disorder. A paraphilia per se is any intense and persistent sexual drive, sexual thought, other than usual genital stimulation or preparatory fondling with a mature adult consenting person. So it may be a 
different activity like exhibitionism mm -hmm. or voyeurism or sadism or it may be a different target like children in case of pedophilia right. or zoophilia, animals or a, um, a fetish. So this is, um, paraphilias are quite, per, paraphilias per se are quite often, so among the population there are up to 20-30% of people indicating that there is some interest in this kind of sexual activity. But if you ask, is it a, is it a paraphilic disorder, it's a little bit different. So mm -hmm. there must be personal distress or any harm towards the social environment. So and this is good that the DSM-5, this diagnostic manual, distinguishes between a paraphilia, which is not a pathological state, right. and, a and, and a paraphilic disorder. There's also, it seems like legal paraphilia and illegal paraphilias, and I guess you may tend to, I, I think, I may think that more of the legal one cause a lot of distress and they probably show up at your clinic. Yeah. I mean, the patients come at the moment they feel distressed mm -hmm. by themselves or by the environment because they got into trouble. So the most serious situation is, of course, a pedophilic preference. Um, a pedophilia per se is also not a pathological state, but a pedophilic disorder is a problem because the person itself or the social environment has a burden, has distress. I think now the question is how are they all related uh, as far as behavior and I'm referring to the hypersexuality and the paraphilias and if they are related. Yeah, indeed they are related and there's somewhat a triangle between hypersexuality, paraphilias and the third would be sexual offending as I mentioned just, just before. And between paraphilias and hypersexuality there's indeed a bidirectional relationship means a person with uh, hypersexuality has usually increased numbers of paraphilias and the other way around if you take a group with paraphilias they often have some of them um, a compulsive sexual behavior so there's a bidirectional relationship and both the paraphilias and the hypersexuality are indeed risk factors also for sexually offending towards adults mm -hmm. or even towards children in case of a pedophilic preference. So when would you tell someone to come and seek for treatment? I mean for each condition? We can separate between them but we can combine them. Yes, so in every situation where a person says I'm not sure what happens with, with myself or what my sexual preference is. I'm a bit concerned. They, they should come and try to find a sexual medicine specialist or even some GPs know about it, but not many maybe, or a psychiatrist. And um, in case of a disorder, in case of severe personal distress or harm towards the social environment, this is indeed an important sign to seek for help. Do you use a medication and therapy uh, when you help them? Yes, we usually um, offer both. If possible, they uh, should try psychoeducation and psychotherapy. And we have very serious cases with a very high sexual drive where we of also offer pharmacological treatment to reduce the sexual drive. So that, that might be antidepressants, which as a side effect reduce sexual drive or antiandrogens. 
Thank you so much for being with us today and talking about this very important issue and hopefully we will see you in one of our next episodes. Okay, thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the ISSM. For more episodes, please visit our website www.issm.info